from the Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about the news and the issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the uh, crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, we have all retired this evening, I believe, we'll, well, except for Chief John Newman. But we have Chief Newman. We have Captain Brett Bartlett, uh, Lieutenant Bob Kroll, Lieutenant Randy Sutton will be with us, Corporal David D. Gresta, and producer Will Stasser. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, we have Motion DSP, Galls is back, Guardian Lines Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. Uh, our next story, because I think we've exhausted that last one enough, uh, widow of a slain California officer follows a claim against the district attorney. So uh, the widow of, El, I guess it's El Monte Police Sergeant, announced the filing Tuesday of a $25 million claim against the Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon and other parties stemming from the ambush death of her husband and his partner that happened back in June. So Clement Janine, uh, I guess uh, Paradis, she's the widow of Sergeant Michael Paradis, claims that this uh, killer, he should not have been incarcerated, I guess he, he should have been incarcerated at the time because his prior criminal record was so bad. She claimed that uh, she filed also, I guess, the claims she filed also names as respondents, the county, Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, the County Probation Department, according to the KFIAM. She alleges their actions resulted in the wrongful deaths and emotional distress. Her husband, Officer Joseph Santana, uh, 31 years old, his partner, they were both ambushed and killed by Justin Flores when responding to a call at a motel back on June the 14th. So um, sad story, uh, Captain Brett. It is, and I think uh, the lady's first name was Claimant, I think. It's not come on. Is that it? Claimant? Yeah, she's the claimant. She's a. She's, oh my gosh! You know you're right. I, I'm. I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting caught up in it. All right. Thanks for not embarrassing me on live on live radio, Brett. I appreciate that, David. If he hadn't, I would have. Um, <laughs> you know the, the. It's an interesting. Oh, I, I. I digress to go back into details, but somehow I know that. Uh, there is a there are statutes that allow you to we all, we all know that that police departments don't have the relationship problems with victims victims can't necessarily sue uh, police departments but there is a I think it's a federal statute that does allow them to sue uh, prosecuting uh, attorney offices of some sort under in some way that I learned that a long time ago I, just, I can't remember the statutes and all that I wish we had an attorney on the show that could go into more detail, but, but it is possible from what I understand. So it should be interesting to see where that goes. Well, you know, I know, cause I did it with the Hillsborough County, you know, state attorney's office, you know, they've also got laws that protect them from, you know, keep them immune from being, you know, sued too. So I'll, I'll be curious where that goes. So, um, moving along, anything else, David, or Lieutenant? I, I was just going to say, Jay, I, I just hope these things, I, I, ho I hope they prevail because it, when these prosecutors like Gascon, are letting people out that should be behind bars and go out and victimize other people, kill other people, they should be held accountable because it, it wouldn't happen if the person was behind bars, but they run on this soft on crime thing and they get elected uh, in these positions and it's terrible. So I, I hope they prevail and I hope uh, they see others like it. Thanks, Lieutenant. All right, guys. Uh, oh, Chief John. You know, we, we started the show out talking about the ambush, you know, there were the number of officers being killed in the line of duty. You know, there's a lot of legislation out there right now that, you know, that are looking to re 
really augment the statutes that if you shoot or kill an officer in the line of duty, you get life no matter what. And then you see litigation like this about, you know, some certain policies. It's that kind of groundswell movement, whether it's, you know, looking at what we're going to do in terms of sentencing or what we're going to do when you have a bad law policy like Gascon does that you hope get some speed and some energy behind it. So people begin to recognize, you know, these types of things shouldn't happen to our American law enforcement and their consequences if they do. So, you know, like Bob said, you hope this groundswell picks up, whether it's someone suing somebody or some legislature enacting a bill that's pro-law enforcement. Thanks, Chief. Now, uh, we've got something out of uh, Minnesota. It's a former Minnesota police officer who fatally shot Philando Castile, wrongly denied a teaching license to court rules. Now, um, remember that, uh, Geronimo Yanez. There was really no, look, this was a, uh, I think this came out just before the Michael Brown and Ferguson did. Um, it, it wasn't publicized until after the Ferguson issue, but I think it happened just before. Uh, but look, there was no video tape that, you know, justifying this officer, I guess they, he didn't have a body cam available if I remember this correctly, but he was, he was justified, but he, he, he left the, the department. So Minnesota state board wrongly denied a teaching license to this former cop. And this is according to the Minnesota court of appeals. And they ruled this on Monday, according to CBS news. So that's just going to be one for the good guys. So, uh, Yanez, or caught fatally shot an, an armed Philando Castile in 2016 during a traffic stop. The investigation revealed that um, our bad guy had a permit to carry the weapon. However, he's a bad guy because he reached for it because after he was told not to. Uh, nevertheless, prosecutors charged uh, Yanez, our cop, with manslaughter in this case, but the officer was later acquitted. After the acquittal, he took a buyout from the employer and he left the St. Anthony Police Department back in 2017. So Yana subsequently applied for a substitute teaching job in 2020, but he was denied. And the state board, listen to this, they listed as a reason for his rejection as, quote, immoral character or conduct. But a Minnesota Court of Appeals now says that the reason was too vague, according to Fox News Digital. And here's a quote saying the board's decision must focus exclusively on Yanez's conduct and his fitness to be a teacher, not fitness to be a police officer. And they said uh, that adding that they added that any rejection must establish that Yanez violated moral standards for the teaching profession, uh, which they did not. So anyhow, they ruled in his favor. So I'm glad we got one for the good guys for a change. So especially on, on this important case. So uh, Lieutenant Kroll. Yeah, I'm quite familiar with this one. Obviously, it happened right in our backyard in Minneapolis. But uh, th this is a case where the officer's actions were completely justified. Um, a good friend of mine was the uh, was the use of force expert that testified on behalf of the officer. And what they don't talk about is Philando Castillo was stoned. Okay, he was high on marijuana, which are, negates his permit to carry. They say he was a motorist that had a permit to carry. Not true. It's invalidated if you're high on marijuana, which he was. Um, he and, and my force expert buddy testified that he had gripped the pistol handle, attempting to pull it out of his pocket and refused officers commands. It was a justifiable shooting. They charged him nonetheless. He was acquitted. Um, and now they're just and then the guy's curves over the, over over a justifiable shooting. One, he loses his police career. He took a buyout because he figured he'd be a marked man working, which is probably true. But he, he left took a buyout. Now he's moved on. He's already doing some teaching uh, at, at a, uh, a Spanish school and he tried to apply for his license and, and the woke 
education system of Minnesota is going to shut him down and cancel this guy forever without any justifiable reason whatsoever. So I'm glad that they, they, they appealed it and I'm glad they won. And I hope it stays that way. But this is persecution of an individual for all the wrong reasons. Thank, thanks for the insight, Lieutenant. I did not, I was not aware of all that. So that, that marijuana information, very, uh, imagine that we didn't hear about that from the news media. Wow. So thank you. We got a Florida uh, deputy charged. We got two of these in a row, Brett. Florida deputy charged with shooting his daughter while trying to clean an AR-15 after drinking. Not a good combination. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can also get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. Welcome back to Leo Roundtable Show. I, I think, I think Captain Brett, we've for like, what, three or four weeks in a row, we've had a ton of stories involving um bad shootings from cops that when they they, they could have been preventable work so we're in port st lucie and there's a sheriff deputy there arrested arrested for aggravated child abuse last week after an ar-15 that he was cleaning inadvertently discharged and shot his young daughter in the abdomen st lucie county deputy daniel allen weber he was allegedly intoxicated during the shooting was placed on administrative leave without pay after his arrest and according to the treasure coast news now, this incident happened uh, right after 3 o'clock p.m., November 23rd, at a residence in Lakehurst, uh, according to WPTV. Deputy Weber later told Port St. Lucie Police Department uh, officers that responded that he was going to show his 18-year-old son how to clean his personal AR-15 rifle. I'm glad it wasn't his department rifle. So he takes it out, removes the magazine, places it on a TV tray in the living room. He tells investigators that he had experienced handling a wide variety of types of weapons and calibers of firearms over the years. He believed the firearm to be empty, but allegedly admitted that the rifle's safety was not engaged when he set it down on the tray to work on it. So as the off-duty deputy sits down on the nearby couch, the tray falls forward, the gun falls to the ground, it discharges when it hits the floor, a round comes out of the barrel, hits his daughter in the left tip of the lower abdomen area, he immediately applies pressure to the wound, calls 911. She goes to the hospital, emergency surgery, and uh, she's continued to recover at the hospital. So that's the way, you know, that goes down. They said that the cops said they noticed the odor of alcoholic beverage emanating from the deputy when they arrived at the home the day of the shooting. So it uh, didn't go too well for him by any stretch of the imagination, Captain. Um, item number one, uh, bull crap. Bull crap. <clears throat> the gun... On safe doesn't either. He's lying, or the story's not telling the truth. It just didn't happen. Number two, his daughter is so lucky to be alive. You get popped with an AR-15 at, at at any distance, certainly short distance. You're lucky to be on this earth. And kudos to the son who said, "Yeah, my dad drinks all the time." I mean, he's he had no problem saying that. It just it's it, it didn't have to happen. Like all negligent discharge, they don't have to happen. 
but you get people who are not paying attention and then you get alcohol involved and we all know alcohol and guns don't mix it's just it's just waiting for it to happen but that gun didn't go off because it fell and it because it wasn't all safe something touched the trigger well thank i'm glad you added that last part because i was going to ask you to clarify that for our listeners so thank you captain for doing that so all right and that's you know you did you did graduate from gunlearn.com i might may point that out that's right all right all right if there's nobody else of course uh, i think david took the quiz online too you're gonna send me those quiz results aren't you captain brett sometime i think we, we want to put that on the show maybe bump our hits up um we've got a uh, i got um seven minutes here left and whatever we're talking about at the end of the seven minute stretch will be the end of the first half of the show uh but let's uh jump to uh, a florida sheriff's office we have an off-duty florida sheriff's deputy fatally shot fatally shot by a fellow deputy while playing video games another you know unnecessary you know shooting but it, 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 of course the down the downside on this one the terrible part is that someone died palm bay florida so an off-duty 23 year old so he's young brevard county sheriff's office deputy was fatally shot by his roommate who was a fellow deputy as they're taking a break from playing video games in the early hours on saturday morning so we've got deputy andrew lawson and deputy austin walsh uh, they're playing online video games with friends early saturday morning they pause for a break deputy lawson jokingly points a handgun at 23 year old deputy walsh and he pulls the trigger according to sheriff ivy the bullet strikes deputy walsh the sheriff said uh, deputy lawson mistakenly believed the gun was unloaded deputy lawson immediately calls 911 uh, told them he accidentally shot his roommate according to sheriff wayne uh, ivy and uh, you know the guy the guy dies sad sad story so if there's uh I, I i hope this is the last one we cover in a long time brett well here's what i heard i heard alec baldwin read that story went see see wow, huh? that's just wrong it could happen it's just ridiculous that, that, no accident that's negligent he was drunk he pulled the trigger he, allegedly yeah allegedly my behind no well, I mean, why are we having a rash of all these? I mean, Brett, I mean, for the last month, we've been covering so many it's just, it's bad just, shootings in law enforcement. It, it's just the way it falls. You know, you know, it's like they say, well, three famous people are going to die in a row. And then you start paying attention and there's more. But it's one of those self, self-fulfilling prophecies. All right. Judge dismisses felony charges against 48 um, CHP cops in an overtime scheme. Um, I hate to say scheme because the judge dismissed it, but we're in L.A., Los Angeles County Superior Court judge dismissed felony fraud and wage theft charges against 48 California Highway Patrol officers, 48 of them who had been accused of overtime uh, fraud at the East L.A. station. And this is according to the state attorney general's office. So the judge's actions bring an end to this. There were 54 cases against 54 people, I guess, according to California Attorney General Rob uh, Bonta. And he announced this in February against former and current CHP officers. So under the deal, the officers have to participate in a misdemeanor diversion program, satisfy the conditions, including paying restitution. Uh, none of the officers uh, who had argued, I guess, None of the officers who had argued that they were following longstanding practices in the agency admitted guilt, but apparently they're saying that this has been going on for like a long time. The judge is Ronald Cohen. So that's the way that went down. Um, FLG, man, thank you for the donation. Treat every gun as if rule number one. Good point. Um, if there's no uh, chief John, you got a comment on this one? It doesn't say whether or not they're going to keep their certification or they're going to stay in the Academy. So obviously, you know, it was a diversionary thing, but I'm not yelling, but, but, uh, but, you know, I didn't get that in the article that they're still going to be allowed. 
to stay in the department. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that they will be, to be honest with you, but I don't know for sure. But I'd like to take a look inside that case and see how, how damning the evidence is. Is this guy's, uh, you know, how were they were they padding the overtime or was it in error or what? But I bet every one of those 48 has their own story to tell on it. And um, probably just to beat the felony charge and keep their license to be an officer. They're taking the misdemeanor plea and rolling the dice on keeping the job and stuff because, you know, roll the dice on a felony or plead to the misdemeanor. I think they probably just took a plea, but I bet it's not that good of evidence involved in this case, my hunch. That, you may, you, you're probably right. Thanks, Lieutenant. Uh, Dallas officer terminated after failing to help a driver in a fiery crash following a brief chase. So this is... Uh, uh, they announced this on uh, on Wednesday, Senior Corporal Leonard Anderson and a 30-day suspension for Officer Darian Robertson, whom Anderson was training at the time. Police Chief Eddie Garcia uh, said that he was embarrassed and outraged by the officer's actions on May 13th when the incident went down. So uh, that's what we have with that one. And move it along if there's no comments on that. And uh, we're coming close to the end of the hour. We got an Oregon uh, DOJ, a trooper detective for justifying a fatal officer involved shooting. Um, so we'll include that under the uh, under the show notes um, in uh, Clackamas County. Uh, but the grand jury cited for the officers. We got a, another one that's got a video component to it. And look, for anybody listening to us on radio or on um, podcast, we're going to describe in great detail what goes on the video so you don't feel you're, you're missing anything. But in this particular one, a grand there's a grand jury involved, Colorado deputies, uh, escalated a fatal standoff with a man in crisis. Uh, there was a video that we all covered this um, extensively, thoroughly. Two Colorado Sheriff's deputies deputies needlessly escalated a fatal standoff with a 22-year-old man experiencing a mental health crisis. And this is according to their findings, leading him to brandish a knife in a state uh, of a complete panic and self-defense. And this is according to the indictments, the death last June of Christian Glass. It drew national attention, prompted calls for police reform, focused on crisis intervention, uh, Glass called, oh, I guess he was shot for calling 911 to help his car get unstuck. And that's the one where, of course, the cops on the hood and all that stuff goes down with less lethal. It was just a, just a mess. Um, if there's no, oh, Captain Bartlett, we got a, I, a minute I just and a half. Say, it's not about the show, but uh, thanks to our, one of our listeners, Sergeant George, who's listening while he's on his cruise right now. So that's some dedication right now. So I hope, hope you're having a good time and, and thanks tons for uh, taking the time to watch us. Oh, you got it. You got to love it. Thanks, Sergeant George and uh, and Captain Bartlett. So our last one for these uh, updates involving cops that have got themselves in Greece. We got five Connecticut officers that have been charged in a case of a man being paralyzed in a police van. So New Haven, Connecticut. So these five cops, they turned themselves in the state police troop F in Westbrook on Monday in the case of a man paralyzed in this New Haven police van June 19th. So uh, they're transporting Richard Randy Cox. He's a prisoner, and they're moving him to a detention facility. When Officer Oscar Diaz hits the brakes, Cox is thrown headfirst into the front of the rear compartment. The officers were charged with cruelty to persons, a Class D felony, and a second-degree reckless endangerment, which is a Class B misdemeanor. After a lengthy investigation, they issued arrest warrants, and they got the the guys you know listed here. So it's just it's not a it's not a good scenario for the cops. I got about. 25 seconds before the uh, end of the first half of the show. Any comments on this, guys? I know that it's not the first uh, van incident we've had where someone's got injured and cops being uh, charged. Uh, Lieutenant Kroll? Just how in the world do you charge five guys with this? There, there was one vehicle operator who ultimately is responsible for who's in the vehicle and the driving conduct. I don't know how you reach out and get four more. 
Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Thank you to our panel for uh, being here. Excellent commentary, guys. Also, a shout out to our sponsors, Emotion DSP, Galls, they're back. Guardian Lines Technologies, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, tac-tote.com. Also, Bang Energy, we got some new product coming this week on Thursday, I believe. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.